Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media, and I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Leslie Samuel, and we're going to explore how to get started with Facebook Instant Articles. If you've been thinking about Facebook Instant Articles, you want to know what the pros and cons are, and you want to know what you need to do to get started, you definitely want to listen to this episode. By the way, if you ever need to reach me, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Go straight into my inbox, and with that, let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found ghost codes. It's not scary. It's cool. It's for Snapchat. It's a discovery app. You know, I'm glad that you brought this up because I've heard of ghost codes and I don't totally understand what it is. So maybe you can explain to everybody. Uh, Obviously, somehow it works with Snapchat, but that's about as far as my knowledge goes. So can you explain what it is? Yeah. So for those of us that use Snapchat, I think one of the things that we kind of feel is it's kind of hard to find either our friends or other people that are out there on Snapchat that would be interesting for us to follow. And what Ghost Codes has done is kind of basically made a discovery functionality uh, for Snapchat where you, you download it, you go into the app, and you can create, you know, craft your own profile, your Snapchat profile. You add your, your Snap code, you add a bio, you put in uh, keywords of you know, what it is you do or you snap about, like if you're an artist or if you do things with music or storytelling or, for that matter, podcasting, all those different things. And then there, from there, people can search for uh, you and find you and download your snap code and add you on Snapchat. Is it kind of like the old-fashioned Yahoo directory um, for snappers? You know, I, maybe. I don't know. I would almost say it's almost like... I thought, uh, I thought there's been a social component to it as well, though, right? Isn't there some sort of a... I thought I've oh, seen some sort yes. of voting or something like that. There is, yeah. In in fact, it's kind of I don't know. I'm trying to think of the. It's it's almost like clout in that sense. Where well, maybe not. That's probably the wrong. But it all it's all based on said, user but, voting, isn't it? Or isn't it? Yes. Yeah. In terms of how high you rank in the system and things like that, people can you know click and give you a heart, and so that ranks you in certain categories. It's almost like the iTunes store, mm. maybe in mm. that sense. You know, the more rankings and clicks and downloads loads of your snap code and likes and hearts and all that. That's, you know, that's how it, it works. So my, my thought is it's a discoverability system, which is lacking inside of Snapchat. Yes. So you can go to snap codes, the app, and I'm assuming it's both iOS and Android. Is that correct? 
Yes, it, it's ghostcodes.com is where you can go, and it'll give you the direct links to the iOS and the Google Play Store to get whichever version you need. So it's a discoverability perspective from those of us that are on Snapchat that want to be found, but it's also um, a great way to find people in content niches, it sounds like, that you're interested in because that is one of the biggest challenges on Snapchat, which is finding new people to follow. It's practically impossible. So um, I see it as a benefit from both angles, and I'm assuming it doesn't cost anything to be listed in there, and it's obviously free to use it, right? Yes, yeah, completely free and completely helpful. I know that I've seen uh, a number of new Snapchat followers uh, through this app. Sweet. Snapcodes.com? Ghost codes. Oh, ghost codes. Ghost codes.com. Yes. And um, do you have to, is it, does it work from the website and the app or is it just purely you have to use the app? I believe you can only use it through the app itself. And yes. once you set up your account in there, it's not like you have to really ever go back, right? As a user, no, right? No, yeah. You, you kind of just set it and forget it unless you want to go in there and, again, discover other people to follow or, you know, click like on people that are your friends or, you know, to help their quote-unquote rankings in discoverability. Awesome. Eric Fisher, thank you so much for bringing us Ghost Codes. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's move over to that brand new interview with Leslie Samuel. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Leslie Samuel. If you don't know who Leslie is, he's a blogging expert who runs becomeablogger.com. He's also the host of the awesome Learning with Leslie podcast and head of training for the Social Media Marketing Society. Leslie, welcome to the show, bro. Hey, thanks for having me back again. <laughs> I know. it's just it's, it's been just a month or so since you've been on the show, but there's so much going on. So today, Leslie and I are going to explore Facebook instant articles and what you need to know to get started. Leslie, let's just jump right into it. Facebook instant articles are relatively new for everyone. It used to be only available to huge publishers. So some people listening probably don't know what it is a little bit. So talk about briefly what it is and then how others are using it. And then we'll dig into kind of more details. Sure. Yeah. So Facebook instant articles, like you said, relatively new. It's a feature that Facebook has um, rolled out that allows you to take your articles, your content, your blog posts, and host them directly on Facebook. 
but it's a, a feature that's specifically for mobile devices. So you're browsing on your mobile device in the Facebook app and you see an article and what you will see if it's a Facebook instant articles version is you'll see like this little lightning bolt at the top right of the open graph image. And when you click that, 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 that image or you click through to read that content, you will see that it will load very quickly. And that's because it's, they're not leaving Facebook to go to your site. They are loading up your content from right within Facebook. Now, it's interesting because they, they give you all kinds of interesting features that you can ha add interactive images and maps and so on. So it gives you a lot of really neat features, but they don't have to leave Facebook. They consume the content right there within the Facebook app on their mobile devices. Now, I'm going to read the minds of a lot of people listening right now. <laughs> and I know a lot of people listening right now are probably thinking exactly what I'm thinking, which is, yep. do we really want to give Facebook all of our content? Um, and let's indirectly answer that by answering what's in it for bloggers. What's in it for bloggers? Well, the benefit for bloggers. Well, first of all, you gotta, you have to acknowledge that Facebook has one point over one point six five billion people. Mm. Uh, pretty much, if you are trying to reach someone, they are most likely on Facebook. Um, so there's that aspect, but there's also the aspect of you know this content is loading significantly faster. You know, one of the problems that Facebook is trying to solve with this instant articles feature is someone goes to load an article and it takes a long time to reach there and we, we're seeing statistics from Kissmetrics that's telling us that if a, a if a website takes more than three seconds to load you've already lo lost like 40 percent of the people that are trying to access that content people want instant people want it now and it's giving them the ability giving you the ability to have your content load very, very quickly. There are other benefits. I mean, it's a great user experience. You can't deny that. Some of the interactive elements that they have, it, it just really stands out. So those are some of the benefits to doing it. And, you know, if I can add some thoughts as to some of the benefits also, Facebook has made it pretty clear that they want people to remain on Facebook. And as people produce content for Facebook, as we do with Facebook Live, for example, um, Facebook seems to be rewarding um, those that produce content that keep people on Facebook. And I think one of the ways they're rewarding it, if I'm not mistaken, Leslie, is a rev share if you choose to put advertising in there. Isn't that true? Well, yeah, that's if, if you're using their Facebook audience network, uh, you can do a rev share where you keep 70% of all of the revenue that comes in from the you know clicks to the ads and they keep 30%. It's kind of like an AdSense deal, right? But it's within your instant articles content. Now, I, I don't see necessarily, I don't see that as a, a huge benefit because you can do that even if that's on your site. You can use AdSense, you can use other ad networks, but they do make it relatively easy to use that within um, within your Facebook instant articles. So, so the, the, the one thing they have said, which is kind of interesting, is there's, as of right now, they're not giving instant articles preferential treatment. However, if That's you just think That's kind of shocking, about, actually. It, it is shocking. However, I think they're saying that for now, but if you think about how the algorithm works, the algorithm is working to, to get people the best content as quick as possible. And if they can demonstrate over time that... When, when you use instant articles, people are more likely to click through and they've already, we've already started to see some of that data. Uh, I could see them 
the algorithm naturally giving preferential treatment to these this content because it's doing what Facebook wants it to do. I believe that in the future they're gonna intentionally say, you know what? We're obviously demonstrating that instant articles are better for the user. We're gonna give them preferential treatment. But as of right now, the official word is that they are not doing that. Well, and Facebook has made it very clear that time spent consuming content is one of the algorithmic influencers. So if people exactly. if people are spending time watching or reading an instant article, that will increase the likelihood that that article will be seen by other interested parties over some other piece of content. And, and in addition to that, yeah. if your content is getting more engagement, they're naturally going to start showing it to more of the people that are liking your page. So I think it, it's kind of like where that concern there, there are a bunch of benefits that come along with that. Yeah, and um, you know, let's not underestimate the potential revenue because if, hypothetically, you write an article that's appropriately mm-hmm. timed, an instant article that's appropriately newsjacked, if you will, to some hot news yep. story that's trending on Facebook, like you know, the Chewbacca mom you know, the, who, <laughs> who put on that mask and laughed like crazy. You know, if you yep. were to write an instant article on that, Uh, chances are pretty good that that article could be shared and could go viral right along with that video. And if that was properly monetized using Facebook's built-in networking system, yep, yep, then all of a sudden you could be making money off of that. And that's something you would never have happen off of a regular blog post necessarily because it may not get that viral pickup, right? Exactly. I think there are a lot of a, a lot of things that you can take advantage of where that's concerned. If you really if you really think about what Facebook is trying to accomplish, they want people to spend more time on Facebook. And if you understand that and if you create the content, I think this gives us an actually a unique opportunity because in the past if we could create engaging images or videos and so on that's on Facebook that people are sharing like crazy, Okay, yes, it gives us additional reach. But now we're getting that additional reach. In addition to we have control over the content, we can have ads on there. You could link that to your email list and all those types of things. I could see a combination of taking advantage of that reach and using it to benefit your business and your brand, grow your email list, promote your products ultimately. Yeah, and we so didn't even mention that, Leslie. You didn't mention that. We should mention that Facebook does have an email option, right, where you can capture email addresses. Do they not inside of the instant article? Am I mistaken? There, there has been some news that they, they are doing that integration. I haven't seen that integration in terms of how it it plays in on the Facebook end. But, I mean, you could easily have an article and in that article link to an opt-in form where people can give you their name and email addresses. So so, so that's something that you can do. And I think smart marketers are going to look at this if they're using Facebook as a primary platform for marketing their businesses. They're going to look at this and say, how can I take advantage of the benefits of using instant articles but still be smart enough to get them into my system? That's the way you need to think about it. Some people are probably confused about notes versus instant articles. Can you distinguish the difference? So a note, a Facebook note, this is a feature that's been around for a while. It's basically you're creating an article or a a post or whatever you want to call it directly within Facebook, which sounds very similar to instant articles. The difference is with instant articles, it's actually linked to your website. So for example, if I go and I share a post from my blog, on Facebook, 
if there's an instant articles version of that article, then it's going to load up the instant articles version on the mobile device. So basically what oh, you do Oh, so wait a minute. So on the desktop device, it'll be just a good old-fashioned link to the site? Exactly. And what you do when you're setting it up, we'll talk a little bit about the setup process a little later, but when you're setting it up, you're basically taking your RSS feed and putting it in Facebook, and you're having it pull your content from your blog, from your website, and then you're just formatting it to say, this is how it needs to look. And then whenever someone shares that article, if you're on a mobile device, they're going to load up that instant articles version. Okay. Now, a lot of people are like, okay, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you're, you, you're getting the benefits, but you're not addressing the big elephant in the room, which is the downside to this. Okay. So um, I, I have my thoughts, but you know, there, what is the downside to possibly using Facebook instant articles? I'm going to start. One, okay, of the downs- <laughs> one of the downsides is that Facebook could decide that it's only going to give preference to the content that you share that's instant articles and not like, like the big fear is once you get started, there's no going back, right? Like I start experimenting with Facebook instant articles and Facebook says, all right, we're only going to show your instant articles. We're never going to show your non-instant articles and we're opening Pandora's box. Well, well let, me, let me address that really quick because there are a few things there. Um, number one, is organic, I mean, it, when you post a link organically on Facebook, isn't that already kind of downgraded? I think we've seen that. I think a lot, I mean, a lot of uh, publishers and, and people that have Facebook pages are saying, hey, when I post link to my, links to my content, people aren't seeing it. Correct. That's number one. Number two is once you do activate instant articles, number one, you can select which articles are instant articles, but you can also unpublish them. You can literally go through and check all of these off and say, hey, I don't want them to be instant articles anymore. Remove that feature. And then it's just your, your, your regular content that they have to go to your blog. So that takes care of that issue. But there's a bigger elephant that's directly related to that. And it's a matter of... The fact that, hey, do, do you trust Facebook? You're putting your content on Facebook. And while that might sound good now and you get some of the benefits right now, what does that mean for the future? You know, in the past, you could post a link on your Facebook page and a significant amount of your fans see it. But now that's not, no longer the case. What yeah, it's, a, it's all about this rented land concept, right? Are exactly. You, you know, I mean, like, and if I could try to explain this in succinct a way as possible, those of us that are bloggers or that have been bloggers for a long time, our home base has always been on our website. And I had a um, interesting dialogue with um, Mitch Joel and Mark Schaefer a while back. And hopefully we'll link to that in the show notes talking about whether or not it makes sense to distribute your content wholly on a platform that is not your own, that is essentially rented grounds. And that's the big nightmare that so many of us you know, are concerned about because Facebook is a big source of traffic to our blog. And if we have to house our f- content on Facebook, oh, you know, it's a scary future. That's the part it that freaks scary. me out. If you think about it, what Facebook has right now is our attention. And what they are playing for right now is our content. And if they have not only your attention, but also the content, that makes them extremely powerful, much more powerful than they are right now. And that, you know, if you fully trust Facebook, it's a great thing. If you don't, which many people don't, I could see some hesitation. Well, and I got to give a little history here. Um, when this was first announced about a year ago, 
everybody was up in arms. And it was just a couple publishers. I think it was BuzzFeed and the Washington Post and maybe seven publishers that were willing to go down the slippery slope of giving Facebook their content. And everybody was screaming, are you nuts? Are you crazy? You're getting in bed with the devil, you know? And (laughs) sure enough, now it seems like the whole world is coming because Facebook has what they want, which is eyeballs. And that is, you know... Uh, this is the this is the amazing allure of Facebook and why they're like the siren on the hill because they have what we want right, which is the audience and they have what the audience wants now which is the content, and and the the challenge that we face as owners of content as publishers of content is like you said earlier, you know is this the, is this the beginning of the end you know, it's not just Facebook right. It's LinkedIn and it's all these other networks, right? And, and exactly, you know, just as a fellow blogger, you know, are you concerned about this? Definitely concerned about this because obviously change is happening. Um, and I don't think there's anything we can do to stop the change. What we need to be looking at is how can we take advantage of the changes in a way that makes sense for our businesses? And for me, what that means is how can I use this, these great features, because they're great features as of right now, to drive them to what I need, to drive them to my email list, because that's where I have now direct contact with them. And I think that's important. But in terms of the history, there's one more thing I want to mention. When they approached BuzzFeed and some of the other publishers, BuzzFeed, was, I think, was the first that they approached. BuzzFeed came back and said, hey, we can only do this if certain things are in place. Like, we need to be able to track it using our own element um, uh, analytics. We need to be able to, to, to have full control over the branding and a, a number of stipulations that BuzzFeed made. And Facebook came back and said, hey, we, we did all of it. So one of the interesting things right now, which in contrast to Google, uh, uh, Google AMP, I do like what they allow you to do is have your Google Analytics integrated with it so that when people are consuming your content and Facebook instant article, it basically counts in Google Analytics as a website visit because you're tracking it the same way. So it's kind of interesting. And they give you, as of right now, full control of the content. So it's kind of interesting because it seems like it's somewhere in between the posting directly on Facebook and having content on your blog. The one thing that I wonder, and this will only be remain, remain to be seen how this works, is are the Facebook instant articles kind of like alive forever? Because content that we publish on Facebook currently has a very short shelf life maybe 24 hours, right? Like it's mm-hmm. very rare in your newsfeed that you see a post from a brand or a business page that is over 24 hours. Yeah. And, and I just wonder whether or not this is going to be the case with instant articles or whether ultimately maybe Facebook will house popular instant articles in a library where you can find topics of different categories. And maybe if you take a nod and see what they're doing with Facebook Live with the rolling out of the map and the geographic locations for live content, maybe eventually they'll start you know, not just focusing on stuff that is quote unquote in the moment newsworthy kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but more evergreen kind of content. If that's true, that could be a huge boon to instant articles because it will become like a library repository that like a blog post is, right? That is yeah, and you know, indexed. that would be fascinating, especially if you know you can go to different categories and see, you know, yeah. top content in these different categories. I think that would be very interesting. It's left to be seen. 
Exactly. All right. So we've we've kind of unraveled a little bit of the pros and cons here. Let's get into the actual, what do we need to do to get started? Okay. First of all, I'm going to add another con that's directly <laughs> related to what you have to do to get started. It is not easy. I mean, it's it's like a 10-step process and each step involves a lot. I'm not going to go into all the details because I'm not showing it, but just in terms of setting it up, the average person that's not comfortable with any kind of code will be a little intimidated by it. So if Okay, well if let's you, let's start with like let's say okay, we're I'm a blogger, I've got content and I want to start the process. Yes. Where do I start? Knowing knowing okay. there's going to be some technical stuff. We'll 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 at least get the on-ramp clear for everybody who's listening right now and then you know the technical stuff we can address. You'll have to address perhaps offline or with other articles and so on and so forth. Exactly. Okay, so the first thing you need to do is sign up. You go to the Instant Articles page. I'm not going to say it because it's a relatively long URL, but we can link to it in the show notes. Uh, you go to that page and you sign up. And when you're signing up, you're going to say, I want to sign up my Become a Blogger page, my Social Media Examiner page. So that's the first step. Uh, real quick, if this, people want to Google it, what do you think they need to Google to find it? In, instant article sign up. Okay, good. Perfect. Yeah. So you Google that, you will find it. It'll be the first thing. And then you go through that sign up process. The next thing you do, I'm assuming now, that real, you, real quick, just kind of help yeah. people understand what's the what's the part of the how does the sign up process work? What do they need? The, the sign up process is you you log in with Facebook. It's going to take you to a page that's going to ask you to select which page of which one of your Facebook pages you want to sign up instant articles for. You select it and then you you click, click submit and then basically you get you get an approval and then you're you're basically signed up for instant articles. How long does it take for that approval process? I th- I did this maybe about a month ago, but I think it was instant. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So okay. So you start with this that, very basic. That first part of the process. That's okay. the first part of the sign-up process. Okay. What comes next? Next thing is, assuming you're using WordPress, there's an Instant Articles plugin that's called Instant Articles for WP. You want to install that plugin. Now, if you look for that, you'll see a number of different results in the plugin um, repository. But you want to make sure that this is the one that's made by Automatic, the company behind WordPress. And is Automatic spelled a little differently? I kind of think it is. Isn't yeah, it? it's A-U-T-O-M-A-T-T-I-C, I think it is. Okay, perfect. Okay, so once you install that plugin, is there the next, anything you need to do to configure it, the plugin? Yes, you need to you need to connect it to your Facebook page. Okay. Now they're gonna have instructions in there on how to do that. I'm not gonna go through that now, but you connect that to the Facebook page that you signed up for instant articles on. Okay. And then and then you have to go through a configuration process. Um, and in the configuration process, you're gonna go into this one you have to do on the desktop. So this is not on a mobile device. You go into your page, you, you go to your Facebook page, and there's going to be publishing tools. That's going to be one of the options that you get at the top. You know, when you, when you sign in, you have like um, insights, you have other things, and you have publishing tools. You're going to go in there and you're going to configure instant articles. And that involves a few different things. You have to be able to demonstrate, I own this URL that I want instant articles to be on. You have to create a template, a style template, by saying these are the fonts and the colors that I want. You have to give yeah, them your Real quick RS. on the style template, what kind of yep. control do you have there? Uh, the, the control that you have in terms of if you go in there and see the standard things, you're basically using like the fonts, the colors, the logos, 
the sizes of the fonts and colors. Now, if you want to get more advanced, you can get someone to create a template for you that matches more of your design, but that's way more technical. It's kind of like you're creating a WordPress theme, not to that extent, but along those lines. Got it. Okay. So what I hear you saying is it's pretty basic. You just pretty much choose your logo and your colors and your font sizes. And that's about the extent of what you can do, right? With the configuration. Exactly. And it, and the, the look of most of the instant articles are going to be pretty basic. You have text on a page, you have images and so on. So there is not a whole lot. You're not adding like a sidebar or anything because that's not there. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So once you've done that, and this the, the the trickiest part is once you've you know created your template and you give them your RSS feed, you're gonna look at it's gonna import a number of your articles, and you're gonna look through those articles and you have to go through and make sure that the code is right. They're gonna show you basically the HTML code with some added elements, and it's gonna tell you, hey, this section you need to fix this. That section you need to fix that. And once you go through and fix all those things. You need to submit, prepare and submit 10 articles for them to review. And that's a manual process. Someone is actually going to go through and they're going to compare what you do on instant articles to what's on your site and make sure it matches as perfectly as possible so that you're, it, they get on the, on the mobile device, they get a similar experience, but with the instant articles flair. And once they approve it, then you can just start publishing content. Okay, so the part that's technical, it sounds like, is the is is the looking at the code and the and the errors that it gives you about what will and what will not work inside of instant articles. Is that correct? There are two technical parts. That is one. That is the most technical and time-consuming process. And if you don't get it right, they're going to tell you, "Hey, I need you to fix this," and then you have to go through an, uh, an approval process again that can take anywhere up to a week. Um, so anytime you have to resubmit things, that's an additional week you want to add on there. Mm. That's one. But the other part is the connecting the WordPress plugin to your Facebook page because you actually have to create an app and then get some code and like the secret ID and so on and add that to the WordPress plugin to integrate it. So it's, it's a little technical, but not as technical as the, the, the later step. Okay, so tell me about your experience. Has it been painful or has it been easy? It it actually has been painful. I'm someone that's very tech savvy and I'm I used to create websites in HTML and going through and get it, catching all of the little things and then finding out one of the things that will save you a lot of time is when I first started doing it and I saw all of the different things that you could do with instant articles. I said, you know what? I want to add these interactive slideshows. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to reorganize the content in a certain way. And they came back and said, no, we want it to match what you have on your blog so that they get a similar user experience unless you're using features that's not available on your blog. So it was a bit, you know, I had to go through the process three times just to get approval uh, so that I could publish my content on instant articles. So that took me a few weeks, but now I pretty much got it down. Um, so it was a challenge. And if you are someone that when you look at code, you're like, what in the world is this? I highly recommend for you to get someone to do it for you because of how technical it can be. Um, but once you get it approved and you're good to go, I mean, it, it does make a huge, experience, uh, a huge difference for the user experience. So I guess some of the challenges are, it sounds like if I'm understanding you properly, if you happen to have a blog that has all sorts of interesting plugins that 
yep. might create challenges. It sounds like you have to fix the actual blog post because it's not like no, you're, no, creating, no, no, no. you're not creating a new version of it, are you, or are you? Well, no, because what it does is it imports the content and you basically edit it on your uh, in the, the, the instant articles publishing. Oh, area. I see. So it'll so import I, all that content. It imports all that content and then you got you to gotta edit it in an HTML editor because it's not a visual editor. Is that part of the challenge? You have to edit it in the HTML editor that's going to be right there in Facebook. One thing to mention, <laughs> unfortunately, when you edit it on there, you can't really see what it looks like. You have to go, and this is something that I should mention, you have to have the Pages Manager app on your mobile device because you have to go in there to see how it looks. So you're editing on your computer and you're previewing it on your phone. Jeez. Yes. I mean, like that sounds it like a total. A it sounds like a total nightmare, frankly. You know. And if you think about it, I, you know, I went to a number of pages like National Geographic and and BuzzFeed and so on to see how they're using it. And what I'm seeing is they have some of their content on it. And my my guess is that you know they just don't want to go through the process for each new piece of content that they're putting out there. One of the things that we talked about earlier in this conversation was the fact that there are some unique and special functions that you can do inside of Facebook instant articles that you might not be able to do elsewhere. Can you give some examples of those functions and how hard are they to implement if you chose to implement them? So one of the thing would one of the things would be like an interactive slideshow. Um, and this is something that I, I, I always create slides for my blog post to put them on SlideShare, but Facebook now has that feature built in. Um, the, the inconvenient part is when you're creating that slideshow, you're basically creating the code for the slideshow and then watching it on your smartphone. Um, so it's a bit technical. And if you don't understand HTML, you're most likely not going to be doing that kind of stuff. Hmm. Some other things you can do is have like an interactive map. Um, like let's say you're a physical uh, business where you're giving people a tour of your store. You can have like an, a map, a 3D map like Google Maps uh, that shows you know the location around your store. You can have different images. You can add audio captions to your images. So let's say you're giving them a tour of your storefront and you reach to a certain picture, you can start narrating what's going on in that picture to make it a little more engaging. So there are a number of things like that that you can add that just, it, it gives a, an interesting experience, but it does it in a very easy and seamless way for the user. The key though, it sounds like, is they don't have an easy way for you to edit this from the desktop, do they at all? It's, exactly. It sounds like it's all HTML and then you have to preview it on your mobile phone. I would imagine this is going to get fixed eventually. I would think that if they want lots of people using instant articles, they're going to come out with tools to make it a little easier, wouldn't you think? That's my guess. Because if you think about any other HTML editor, I mean, look at WordPress, right? You have the HTML editor, but you can easily, um, the, the text editor, but you can easily switch to the visual editor and see what that looks like. I, I would almost venture to guarantee that it's going in that direction, but it's left to be seen. Okay, so from today until you started with Facebook Instant Articles, how many days was it from beginning to, to, to this moment? It took about three weeks. Okay, and, and as of this recording, we're still waiting, right, for some final approvals? 
Yes, but it, it'll pretty the, the final approvals. I'm pretty sure I've gone through everything and I got everything that needed to be gotten, <laughs> and it, the approval should be coming in any day right now. So by the time this is aired, they can see some examples on my page if they want to do that. Why don't you tell everybody where they would go to to find that? Yeah, just Facebook.com/slash Become a Blogger. So, um, what's your what's your prediction about what you will do with your content? in the future or what will you be watching to help you discern whether or not you're going to continue to do this? So I've already decided that for right now, I am going all in with Facebook instant articles and I will publish all my content on there. But I'm going to be thinking strategically about my content and how I can lead that content to people getting on my email list. That's going to be my main goal. I am looking at each piece of content as a marketing message that I'm putting out there uh, to get people to subscribe, to get even more value on my email list. That's the way I'm going to be looking at it. I'm also going to be looking at how, you know, how my engagement changes with instant articles and evaluating that, looking at how people are uh, moving from instant articles to my email list, looking at the general engagement on my page as a result, and then making decisions as a result of that. If I see that, hey, this isn't really benefiting me in any way, then I might consider just not publishing my content on instant articles. It's something that I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Will you be monetizing it using the display advertising features? Right now, I don't have any plan on do- plans on doing that because... If I'm advertising something, I want it to be directly related to my content. I think I have the best um, conversion that way. And, you know, I have my products. I have my things that I promote. So I would rather funnel them in a more focused way than have a bunch of random ads on my content. Do you find this to be more or less restrictive than the Google AMP, in your opinion? I think it's less restrictive. I think you're able to do a lot more things. The interactive elements are more developed, number one. Um, number two, I love the fact that I can um, have my Google Analytics with AMP. I have to have two Google Analytics accounts and track those separately. It seems as if, and, and knock on wood, but it seems as if Facebook is really thinking about the publishers with this instant articles feature and just wanting to make it a very good user experience. So I really I really like everything I see about it as of right now. Have you found any other smaller bloggers using it yet? Um, yes, I have. Um, I have a friend that has a, a thrift blog where she goes um, to thrift stores and she makes over furniture. And she's using it, and um, I like what what is great about hers is her blog is a very visual blog. So you'd be scrolling through the content, you'd see an image, and then you can swipe to the left to see more images and so on. And I think that really does give a nice user experience. By the way, if folks want to listen to the other interview I did with Leslie on Google AMP, which is kind of like Google's instant articles, you can visit uh, socialmediaexaminer.com slash 195. Leslie, how much time do you think it's going to take you once you get through this approval process? Like when a new article, is it automatic, like you publish an article and it will just automatically work? Or do you still have to continue to submit every single article that you want to submit to Facebook Instant Articles? So it's automatically going to import the content and I'm not going to, you can turn on auto publishing if you have everything. You know, a lot of people just have uh, an article with some images And if that's the case, you can have that automatically published. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go in and tweak a few things because of the different elements. I anticipate that it's going to take me about, you know, 
10 minutes to format an entire article. My posts are like 1,500 words, um, and it has all kinds of stuff to it. But what I've, what I've been doing, I use Text Expander, and for some of the common codes that I know I need to add, I just really put those in quick. So it's going to take me about 10 minutes for each article when I, when I am publishing them regularly. Do you think Facebook would be okay with you putting the first, like, 60% of the article in there and then click to read more or are they pretty strict and it's got to be the Absolutely whole thing? Absolutely not. They want it to be the exact experience. Gotcha. Uh, so all of the content, all of the images, all of the features that are transferable in some articles need to be there in the exact same order and format that they are on your blog post. Well, Folks, there you have it. Facebook Instant Articles. Um, this is hopefully a good primer to get you started. Leslie, why don't you tell everyone where they can find out more about you and all the great things you've got going on? Yeah, definitely. My blog is becomeablogger.com. That's where I teach about all things blogging. You want to build a business with a blog. You want to use blogging to market your, your physical business or whatever the case might be, becomeablogger.com. And also my podcast, Learning with Leslie. I talk about all this stuff. On a, on a weekly basis and interview experts and people that are doing different things in blogging and social media. So check me out in those two places. Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com. Thank you so much for joining us this week and unraveling Facebook Instant Articles. Thanks for having me. Well, I hope you got a lot out of today's interview. If there was anything that we addressed that you just missed, don't worry, we take all the notes for you. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 203. couple quick things. If you're new to the show... Hit that subscribe button on your player so you do not miss a future episode, and we've got some amazing shows coming. If you're a regular listener to the show and you haven't done so, would you consider giving me a rating and a review? I know I ask for this every week, and I know you probably mean to constantly get to do it, but if you would be willing to do it right now, socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes, right from your phone, will allow you to do that, and that just really helps us get more exposure in the iTunes uh, system, which is very important for us. And beyond that, I just hope you had a wonderful day listening to today's show. It was great to be with you wherever you were, on the beach, in the on the farm, in the house, on the treadmill, in the car. It was great traveling with you today. And I just want to let you know that this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.